We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. And it's Thursday. You know what that means. Thursday night football tonight on Amazon. I don't know if there's a special extra show tonight. Does LeBron do the extra LeBron oh, I think cast? that LeBron was a one-time Was that thing. a one-off thing? Okay. Well... Don't just, ask him about it. <laughs> don't ask him. About it. <laughs> Only certain questions he wants yeah, to yeah, be he, asked. Yeah, and he doesn't. Okay, that's topic for another time. Um, tonight's game, though, that's what's center stage here, Perloff, because Bills Patriots is always good. It's always you know it's been a very lopsided. <laughs> can't even call it a rivalry, really, because the Patriots own the Bills for about twenty years, and then now the Bills uh, have you know. One, uh, well, just two in a row, but it's usually a good game. Right now, the spread on this game is three and a half, which I think is basically perfect. Um, it's yeah. in Foxborough. I'm leaning on taking the points here. Now, a couple good things for the Bills. They are getting healthier on defense. Yeah. So, Rousseau, Epinesa, um, some of their pass rushers are going to be coming back, which is exciting. Now, the problem is Vaughn Miller was placed on IR earlier today, which means he will miss the next four weeks yeah. for the Bills. He'll come back, hopefully, if he's healthy, uh, right before the Bills play the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday night. So the Bills' defense, and you're obviously, I think you're the expert on this, the Jets game, the Jets didn't score that much, but basically people have been moving the ball on yeah, them. they have. Well, uh, a lot. I think, is that the biggest concern with the team? So it the, has to be, right? The Bills have kind of done the bend-don't-break offense. Yeah, so, so that's why the defense, yards are rather. bad. So the yards is maybe not where you can judge them. Where I start to judge the Bills and how I know whether it's going to be like, are you in for a long night here or not, is how are they tackling in the open field? Mm. Like what happens when you get to the second level? What's going on with Tremaine Edmonds, who's healthy now or healthy enough to play tonight? And you know for the Patriots, they're going to use a lot of Ramadre Stevenson, right? It's going to be a lot of those, what I think is going to be, a lot of those quick passes. You know, he's really good in the pass game. What happens when he gets to the next level with the Matt Milanos? Are they going to be able to tackle him in open space? That's, I think, the biggest thing. Okay. I hear a lot of this. There's Actually, you said it. There's more at stake for the Bills here because they're competing. Yes. But how can you say that? Like, the playoffs are on the line for the Patriots, which makes me think they might be somewhat desperate tonight. Because if they fall to 6-6, six and six, there's no way. And this, the way this division lines up, it's uh, so it's kind of a make-or-break, much more of a desperate situation for the Patriots, right? They, well, maybe. They might come in as the more desperate team, but they're playing just to get in on the cups of the wild card. Yeah. I think the Bills are still holding out hope that they will somehow yeah win and, and have the best record in the AFC and still maybe have an outside shot of getting that by. But right now, the Chiefs just look so strong. Well, yeah, but the Chiefs have a tough game now. If the Chiefs lose to the Bills, then, hey, we're back we're back in business. Chiefs right? to, they lose to the Bengals. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah. If the Chiefs lose to the Bengals, then the Bills have the tiebreaker from the head-to-head. Uh, yeah, no, so it's, it's, it's a good argument that the Patriots will be more... Uh, a little more desperate here. But to be honest, like the Bills haven't played that well over the last few weeks. The, it's funny. The Patriots just are not looked at as a top-tier team by anybody, I don't think. That's no, a mistake, I think. I don't think so. I think <laughs> okay. they're, they're quite average. <laughs> Their defense is not average. Their defense is good. The, I think the question is mm. for the Patriots is, what? first of all, what kind of Mac Jones game are you getting, right? Are you getting one where he is going to be effective or an efficient or are you getting one where he's just going to kind of make bad decisions and basically, you know, put the team in a in a in a bad spot? And quite frankly, what happens when you get down to the red zone? Because that's been a place where the Patriots have been failing. Yeah, but I don't know. Have they really? I, Kirk Cousins tore them apart. And this supposed to no, be defense. Have they beat good teams? I, I actually 
don't really remember because it feels like they've sort of been in the muck. They take a, any team, any game they're in, they're going to win kind of ugly. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like they're kind of a 500 team, maybe one game above 500. They're, they're in that mediocre stage, the middle stage. And I don't think, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not making this a Brady versus Belichick thing, but ever since Tom Brady left, they're, they're, yeah, they're a threat to make the wild card playoffs, but that feels like the extent of it. Yeah, I mean, right now they're last place in the AFC East. So, look, of course, right? Like, no, no designs on winning the division right now. But I think it's an oversimplification, though, a little bit with the when you do the Brady Belichick thing. Yeah. Because first of all, the Patriots like sort of floundered that one year there with right. Cam Newton and like Jarrett Stidham or whatever, and then they drafted a rookie. Yeah. So Mac Jones, I thought, had a good rookie year. They made the playoffs. He made a Pro Bowl. And then the beginning of this season, just, you know, he was all out of sorts, almost, you know, did get benched for Bailey Zappi, and then now he's earned the job back. Right, but it doesn't feel like a high-ceiling team to me. They're 6-5 and five now. Uh, you know, they could easily fall to 6-6 six and six tonight. I don't know. What's it like? Where are they going in the next two or three or four years? Does it feel like they're they're on the cusp of something great? Well, it depends maybe about Mac Jones, right? I mean, where's the ceiling for him? I know everyone says, like, we've ceiling. already seen the ceiling. He's I, at the ceiling. I don't know. What's Mac Jones? I think you look at Justin Fields and say, "Ooh, what can that guy do?" You don't look at Mac Jones and say, "Ooh, is he going to develop into Patrick Mahomes?" I don't know. He feels very polished, and he yeah. looked really good last week, by he the did. way. But it's hard. I'm with that. I think I'm in the mainstream era where we don't look at Mac Jones as this guy with this explosively high ceiling. We think of Justin Herbert that way. Right. We don't think of Mac Jones that way for a lot of reasons. And it just feels like the Patriots are in this mode where Belichick's a good coach. They're going to win some games. They're going to make it ugly. They're going to win with special teams. But this formula, I don't know where it's going. Well, and that really kind of hasn't been what's going on this year with the Patriots, right? Well, they, they, they won two weeks ago with special teams. Yeah, so they right. Lost uh, it against last Sanders, Jets, of course. <laughs> they lost it last week with special teams. <laughs> and the penalties have been bizarre. The decision-making yeah. in the red zone. I mean, it. yeah, you're right. It's still a very much a work in progress. But don't you also get the sense with the Patriots, like they did this last year, didn't they rattle off like five in a row right in the middle of the season? They maybe peaked a little bit too soon, but you get the sense that maybe at any time things can just start to click. I believe Jonathan I, Jones is I coming back. I don't get back. that sense at all. Okay, so yeah. they have uh, the Bills tonight. Yeah. Then they uh, the next game is Monday night at the Cardinals. Anything could happen there. Then they play at Las Vegas. Ooh, Anything could happen there. Getting a lot healthier. Cincinnati, home for Cincinnati, home for Miami, and then they finish out the That's season at Buffalo. Schedule. This is a tough schedule. Yeah. I, the Bills I have a tough schedule. Yeah, I'm not scared of the Patriots moving forward. I, if I Okay, here's a question. And Mike Sampter, you can weigh in on this too. Of the four teams in the AFC East, who has the brightest five-year window ahead of them? I think it's obvious. I mean, uh, no, who has the, the ranked them? Who are the, uh, yeah, I was going to say, mean, who has I, the think least all, bright? I think the top three in the division now can all say they have bright futures. I think the Bills do, the Dolphins do, and I actually think the Jets do if they right. figure out the quarterback situation. Isn't it funny? The Patriots are a clear fourth in that discussion when you're looking ahead. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, but that's also because the Dolphins have clearly unlocked something here with this offense. Yeah. I mean, we were just talking to Bryant McFadden, who's a Super Bowl champion defensive back, who thinks that the Dolphins are going to be able yep. to score points on the San Francisco 49ers, which I thought was interesting that he would say that and then you know the Jets listen kudos to the Jets they've drafted well they just have to figure out what's going on with Zach Wilson did did I uh, tell you this I saw odds uh, from uh, betonline.ag odds that Zach Wilson does not start a game for the rest of the season is minus 400 so so no is the heavy favorite that he will not start a game is there one forever again with the Jets so there's a there's a another prop 
Will Zach Wilson start a game next season for the Jets? And no is minus 150. So again, no <laughs> is the favorite. At least for it's a little bit year, less heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you just drafted this guy with the second overall pick. That could be it. Listen, wow. if Mike White keeps balling out, then I'll never have to see Zach Wilson ever again. Well, let's see what happens. By the way, is are we sure? That's the other thing, too. Yeah, the Jets feel good this week. Are we sure their next five years is completely in order if Zach Wilson's not going to be the guy? Because you kind of need a quarterback. Well, they might be able to be in play for like a <laughs> yeah. good veteran, like a Jimmy G or something like that. Give me Aaron Rodgers. I'll take Aaron Rodgers so that Jordan Love can get his stay. Over oh, that's how kind of you to take how Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> if you must, you must. How about you take Jordan Love? Uh, yeah. I haven't seen yeah. enough. Um, but yeah, think so, about, but think about the cornerstones that they have for the Jets. Yeah. Like they really do have. So besides the quarterback, which I know is a big butt, but you have maybe one of the best corners already in the league in Sauce Gardner, yeah. who's only a rookie. You have a great defensive line, so you have guys who can get to the quarterback. That's always important. And you have good receivers, and you have when Brees Hall becomes healthy, yeah. you have a good run game. You have a, you have a decent offensive line. You've invested a lot there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I love Joe Douglas, but I just think the only thing that you, there's only one sure path to sustain success, and that's a good quarterback. So that is a bit of a problem. Yeah, I I, think, I agree with you. They're more optimistic than the the Patriots because the Patriots basically they're a one man gang on defense. Matthew Judon just yep. kills a quarterback. Which, I, by the way, Matthew Judon might have a night tonight uh, because both the Bills' right and left tackles. Well, the left tackle is out. Deion Dawkins is going to be out for this game. Um, and right tackle is a little dicey right now, too. Yeah, that's not going to be good. So maybe expect a little Dawson Knox on the line, a little tight end, help block a little bit. Maybe this, right. that's just me me wishful thinking. I, also, I, I heard this one yeah. today. Uh, I forgot who was having this conversation, so I'm sorry I can't credit them. But um, has Josh Allen's season been a disappointment? Yeah, you know, I've I've heard some of that conversation, too. Yeah. Because we raise the bar so much. I think so because they have interceptions. I mean, what are these interceptions? What the heck is he doing? Well, they're red zone interceptions and they're costly. I mean, they're backbreaking. Yeah. Um, he played, and I know he's always kind of done that, but it feels like you expect him to grow out of that. Well, he's leading the league in them this yeah. year. So maybe you weren't expecting that. Played a little bit of a cleaner game against the Lions, of course. But he's dealing with a bad elbow injury. See, here's my worry about Josh Allen, and I'm the biggest fan uh, that you could be of him because he's resurrected the franchise that I grew up rooting for. But one thing I worry about with Josh Allen, you've seen he's fallen out of the MVP race. Now you're getting discussions about whether or not his season has been a disappointment. Yeah. Does Josh Allen really start to try to play hero ball now? Like, you get a standalone game tonight. Everybody's watching. You only have, what, five games, six games left of the regular season, right? Where are we? Week 13? Yeah. You got five, five weeks left. Does he start to try to make everything up on one big throw, one big play, and try to do that hero ball thing, which is, quite frankly, like, it's it's amazing. He's he's capable of doing it, but to be honest, the team is better when he does not do that well, until he needs to. I don't know. I, feel, I don't know about hero ball, but there are games where I look at the Bills, I'm like, their only offense is Josh Allen yeah. scrambling. It feels like there are times in the second half of games where it's Josh Allen run, Josh, but that's not hero ball necessarily. Hero ball is when you try to throw the ball into a tight spot. He'll do that too. <laughs> That's a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't care about him running except for the health concerns. Yeah, but that, that bothers you. Remember the game that they actually went to the running backs? What was that game? Was, that was the Cleveland game. Yes, that was awesome. Why it was they great. But that's not Josh everyone Allen's can call. Run That's on Cleveland. a coaching staff, isn't it? Yeah, well, everyone can run on Cleveland. and so. But at least try with your running backs a little more. <laughs> 
they're allergic to establishing the run in Buffalo. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, if you had McCaffrey, he'd probably be out by now. <laughs> I mean, he's already banged up. I don't think he's practicing full time in no, San Francisco. No, but why would he? You know, no. I mean, I think he's. I literally think he's dealing no, with I a don't. real issue. I think he's dealing with an issue too. Um, um, and obviously, Mitchell's out too. Oh man! So I, you guys like the? Uh, is everyone getting a cynical, negative vibe from Maggie here on this game tonight? <laughs> Yes, always. I mean, like twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. I, you really can't help it. You want to know what's crazy is now that our they they decorated our set and it looks so pretty and like holiday time and it really contrasts with my negativity. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm really, really like hammering. You know, I'm always so worried about the bills and I'm always so negative, a negative fan. But with all this bright lights, it just doesn't feel right. Is it's that like, because it's too cheery? Are you? Here negative about your own team, which I do too, because you're afraid if you let yourself be positive, the disappointment of them losing will be too much. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Thank you, Dr. Perloff. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to psychoanalyze you because it's too obvious. It's not even considered psychoanalyze. <laughs> let yourself go. Be positive. What's the worst that could happen? That you'd be like, yeah, I'm psyched. How dare you Why ask you me say, that question? How do you say, I go into this game. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? That you have the game won and somebody throws what looks like a a backwards pass or a forwards pass and no. they win the game on a kickoff? No, what's the worst <laughs> thing that happen? Or 13 seconds left of the game, you have the game won, or you have the game-winning field goal attempt and it goes wide by two feet. What's going to happen, Maggie? Or maybe, like, someone else on the other team has, like, the catch of the year and sets them up on fourth down and somehow you lose the game. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that fumble one. the snap <laughs> hey, the end at least zone. you had Don Beebe chasing Leon Letdown. What a beautiful moment in Super Bowl history for the Bills. I mean, that was beautiful for Buffalo. I mean, yeah. really, really powerful moment. Yeah, you're right. You keep keep saying negative, Mag. It's the only thing you can do to protect I mean, yourself. You guys wonder, like, why I'm basically of coal but, in but my here, stock. Here's the question, though. Like, if you have the negative feelings so you're not setting yourself up for failure, when they do win, doesn't it feel less special because you were kind of, like, down on it the whole time? When they win, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> when they win. If. If. If oh. when. If, hopefully. I'll let you know. Eight five five two and she, two. She'll have no idea what to do or or <laughs> act. She's just gonna be confused. I'm like, making fun of the guy from Japan who was crying because they moved on to the next dude, round. That's I was gonna not be her. making fun of the guy from Japan. I was just more concerned about the college football playoff oh. in that moment. Okay, that makes okay fine. Then I, I mischaracterized. Yeah, the guy crying because Japan won. Yeah, that that'll be you if and when Buffalo does it. Yes, I I will definitely cry. Eight five five two one two four C. I'm crying either way. Actually, I'm crying if they lose. I'm crying if they win. <laughs> It's just going to end in tears, as it always does. 855-212-4CBS. Okay, we will get back to your call. See you guys want to weigh in on 12 teams or four in the college football playoff. What is the perfect amount? You can let us know ASAP. Uh, also coming up, we do have the Aaron Rodgers sound. We'll get to that. Stu is nodding at me. We also have great stuff from Patrick Mahomes. A little, pulling a little oopsie doop before the draft. Ooh. Fun stuff from Mahomes. He was on the Kelsey Brothers podcast. We'll get to all that in just a moment. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff straight ahead. This season, for the first time, you can hear every Western One NFL broadcast stream live for free Monday, Thursday, Sunday nights, holiday triple headers, and every postseason game. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com, via Westwood One station streams, or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. All sponsored by AutoZone, the free AutoZone fixed finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and get you back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. All right. 12-team playoff defenders like myself. Give us a call, 855-212-4227. <laughs> if 
You want more college football in December? More, more, more. I'm always a more guy, Maggie. Bring it on. <laughs> I think a 12-team playoff is going to be a lot of fun. That, I mean, you can at least agree with that part. It's going to be no, the more fun No, the tournament will be fun, but what are the consequences, the unforeseen ones that we're not looking at, which is the watering down of the regular season, theoretically, and it's still not going to be fair. Like, if people who are looking for this to be fair yeah. and it's going to be more, you know, more teams in, so it'll be more fair... You're still going to have, like, for example, if we just use these rankings, right, the ones like if the college football playoff was 12 teams and if it started today, right, you would still have potentially two teams, like a Kansas State and a Utah, who could lose this weekend in their either the Big 12 or the Pac-12 championship and then would get bounced out of the tournament in favor of a team with a worse record just because they happen to play in their conference tournament. That's not fair. Well, not that doesn't make it anything record. better. Not a worse Or record. an equal to record. Well, no, because they'd both have four losses. At well, that yeah, point. you'd get four losses because so, you because you actually made it to your conference championship game. If Utah loses by a field goal to USC, they're going to get bounced because okay. and now FSU is going to be in. There's that make all right. There is that. I understand your issue of fairness. It's a good point, but the the real issue is crowning the best football team in the country, and I don't think Utah or Kansas State is in the conversation for that. Utah, especially if Utah's not playing in Utah, there's no way they're going to beat these other teams. Okay, I don't even you think really they're going to the best team get... in the country, then only make it six teams. Why? There could be, I think you could go eight teams this year. Mm. I don't think you could. <laughs> yeah, well, let me see here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep looking. Uh, let's go to, while well, Perloff looks, uh, Robert is in L.A. What's up, Robert? Uh, wanted to weigh in on the 12 versus 4. I've actually for years been a pro- proponent of 8, thinking that's the best number. You've got five power conferences. 4 leaves out one of those conference champions, which I think is markedly unfair. Yeah. But, you know, it's not They did that be to themselves, eight. though. Yeah, well, that's true, but it, it varies each year. But, uh, you know, I like 8, but if you got to choose between 12 and 4, certainly 12 is better than 4, in my opinion. Okay. See, you're on Team Perloff. It's uh, crowded over there. Well, you guys are going to get what you wish because not next year, but the year after, it's going to go to 12. So we'll be there soon enough. Yeah, and here's the thing, Maggie. Yeah. Regardless of your points, which are, you're going you're gonna to love it. Just We're all going to love it. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. It's like you're telling me to jump into the deep end of the pool or something. Like, just jump <laughs> in. It's going to be great. No, I mean, who's not going to want to see these games? Like Alabama playing an extra game? And Alabama's in itself, not having them in the Final Four. It's definitely a blow for the popularity of sport. I'm sorry. Do you think the ratings of Michigan TCU on on New Year's Eve are going to blow anyone away? Uh, probably not, but I think New Year's Eve, I still don't understand why they play those games on yeah. New Year's Eve. I feel like they're, they're doing themselves a disservice just because of the timing. But yeah. to be honest, I'm kind of curious how this whole thing is going to lay out timing-wise anyway because now you're going to be going deep into deeper into this, the NFL season where – I think the idea is that you play your championship game in the week between the AFC NFC championship game and the Super Bowl. You know, the there's like college that, football. I th- I think so. That's how oh, far out it's going to go. Did they already announce it? I thought. I think like our buddy Stu Mandel like wrote about that, that. Could be. I I don't like the way that they take a huge break after December, the first couple days of December. I feel like that's one of the reasons the college football playoff feels a little anticlimactic because you've had a month off. Well, I mean. Remember, it used to be finals. <laughs> Remember? Hey, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Remember, they had to go to I think class. I and think that actually like final on va- I think the administrators are on vacation. That's the issue. Maybe that's it also. But, but I, I think, well, it may be giving their bodies a little time to heal, but get guys healthy, you know, stuff like that. I, I think a month off makes these, te- it, it definitely takes some of the excitement away. Well, 
So here's a question. So this is just going to keep going head to head with the NFL. Like how they're going to, cause like, you know, the NFL starts putting games on Saturday. Well, pretty soon. the national title game is on a Monday night. It doesn't go up against anything. So put it, I guess you could put it on a Monday night. Put it, uh, no, I'm talking about yeah. all these games. Yeah, like put some on Thursdays, put some on Fridays. Why not? Let's go. Okay. So they have Thursday night football <laughs> already. So actually, I guess the NFL eats up a lot. So and after, the NFL, don't forget the NFL. Well, this probably wouldn't play in. The NFL is going to have, yeah, don't. If you're talking about post Christmas Eve and Christmas, post week 18, post January 2nd, 3rd, yeah. then you can just do it on Thursday night and do midweek, a little maction. <laughs> like, uh, like Tuesday Night Football. But instead, it's Penn State Clemson. I think that'll be actually better for ratings. I mean, honestly, Saturday's a, a TV death day. Yeah, but the NFL makes it work with Saturdays when they do the Super Wild Card weekend. Yeah, but I think the, the big they put the better games on Sunday because those are the monster, monster ratings. Let's go to Stuart. He's in Raleigh, North Carolina. Stuart, what's up? Hey, great show. Um, so here's my question. I'm kind of on the fence of 4 versus 12, but my school is is a competitor for one of the spots every year anyways. But here's my question. How many of these schools are going to get rid of games on their schedule, or are they just going to make these kids play 17 games if they get to the finals? Well, that's what I'm wondering, Stuart, because you're talking about health and safety. To have 18-, 19-year-old guys playing basically a pro schedule, I mean, that's, that's asking quite a bit. You know these schools will never get rid of games, but I, I think that's, kind of an insanity to make these kids do that. I think so too. And you know, the funny thing and Stuart, thank you for the call is like, you think about, okay, well then maybe we could get rid of some regular season games, right? Like those little sisters of the poor games or stuff like that. Well, some of those athletic departments need to play these big, big programs because they get this massive check just to go to their, you know, go to Alabama and get smoked or go and lose at Michigan or whatever, you know, that keeps the smaller programs afloat. Yeah. I mean, Okay. I think that we kind of like look at these 18, 19 year old football players like they're not pro athletes. They are. And in every other sport, they'd already be pro. Every single other sport. Sure. But, so, but this is, there's a, also, I think, a reason I, why you can't turn pro until you're three years removed from high school. Yeah. And even that, I think, to is, help bodies develop. Yeah. And even that, I think, is getting a little thin. I, I think that, for a collision sport like this, it's I, different. I mean, guys like Leonard Fournette should have gone pro. They, sure, they Maurice Claret. I, I understand. Yeah, there, there are a lot of guys who are ready to go at 20. I mean. Yeah, but how many guys might have, I mean. Look geez. at that guy. What's the guy, Harold Perkins? He's 18, I yeah. think. I mean, he could definitely. No, Jadavion Clowney, I'm sure. Yeah, Perkins should be able to go pro. He's wasting two years of million-dollar money because he's ready to go right now. Well, not maybe not. Well, yes, he would have gotten paid much more being in the NFL, but at least he'll get something. I mean, Caleb Williams probably could be in the NFL already. A lot of these guys, yeah, whatever. The the point is, I understand this fear. First of all, there's only going to be one or two teams that extend these these extra games. It's not like the whole sport is being affected by it. I, I think that maybe we're overstating the health concerns because well, it's not that many more games. Well, the other part though is like if you wanted to take away games from the regular season, right, to maybe shorten it, yeah. then you're basically taking away a game for most teams that are going to have no shot at making this. You know, you don't yeah, want to do that point. either, right? It's like, and also too, the, these other teams, the the four through the five through twelve, who are adding games. They were going to play in a bowl game anyway. So at most, they're adding one or two games. It's not really that big a difference for the whole sport. I understand what you're saying, but I think you're just talking about a few schools who are going to feel great if they advance. Anyway, it's going to be the best thing that ever happened to them. <laughs> so they'll, they'll live with the consequences. Uh, turning over to the NFL for a moment, we should check in on our good buddy Aaron Rodgers. What the f*** is Aaron Rodgers up to today? 
answering questions about Jordan Love. <laughs> and that's not going anywhere. Um, ever since Jordan Love got into the game against Perloff's Philadelphia Eagles, it's been all about who should start, who should sit. Rodgers was asked about it again, about the potential of being benched. I'd love to finish the season out, but I understand, you know, this is a business and, you know, there's a lot of us kind of older guys who, you know, play a decent amount and they might want to see some younger guys play. So, you know, hopefully we don't have to have that conversation, but if that conversation comes up, you know, I'll approach that with an open mind and, you know, without any bitterness or resentment. Aaron Rodgers now having an open mind to the conversation about being benched in favor of Jordan Love. So the funny thing he said, like, I understand this is a business, but the real good business move is probably playing the guy you're paying $50 million, right? Oh, no? I disagree. Oh, I think that's, that's a bad a sunk, business move? Oh. I think it's a sunk cost. I think that they, I mean, listen, what's better for the team? See, I they have no have, idea. <laughs> it's 100% seeing, seeing Jordan Love. Yeah, but say Jordan Love is only, maybe he, you know, uh, played a little up to the standards uh, or a little bit better than he could against the Eagles. What if he gets exposed if you play him for a whole game or two games? That's okay. I think they need to know because I don't think if they if they don't play him, they're not getting any draft capital back for him. I think Jordan Love is going to be fantastic. I'm really excited for Jordan Love. Jordan Love is your new Trey Lance. I can see this happening because I mean, you, you're a guy's guy, so you have oh, I've guys. Always, no, I always love Jordan Love. Yeah. I, always, I mean, just look at him Look at him play. He, this is the way Smooth. he throws the ball. It, yeah. It's a perfect spiral, like a 30-yard out. It's awesome. Yeah, so, against the Eagles' backups, but sure. No, I mean, preseason, really. Like, he definitely has a, he has a gun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just talking about the way he throws. I'm not saying how he's going to read the field against a real. I, I, I Listen, I'd take him. I would, I would sit at Aaron Rodgers as soon as I could. What's the point? What, what are we doing with Aaron Rodgers here? You know, I don't know. To, to but, see him get more hurt? <laughs> no, but I did. We had Michael Lombardi on yesterday, who's a former general manager. And I think I, I'm, I'm starting to come around a little bit on what he was saying. You know, you paid Rodgers all this money. Like, what he said yesterday is basically they've made their decision. They're trading Jordan Love. Like, we'll see. But I kind of yeah, get I mean, it. I, 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 Mike said that very emphatically, but I think there's a chance they keep both. Maybe if they get Jordan Love on a discount. I don't know if anyone's lining up to pay Jordan Love $30 million. No, it would be the fifth-year option. Yeah, yeah. fifth-year option. Like that's one year. The yeah. one thing about that is it's one year. It's not, maybe they'll do it. Remember, who was it? Uh, our, who's, uh, Leroy Butler said they're definitely going to sign that fifth-year option. He did say that. And he's in Green Bay. 855-212-4CBS, 855 Coming up, how close is Russell Wilson to getting benched? That was an interesting twist that we heard from Coach Nathaniel Hackett uh, earlier. So we'll get to that. We also have Patrick Mahomes sound as well. Bottom of the hour, time for a CBS Sports update. Here is Rich Ackerman. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Okay, big game tonight, Perloff. It's Thursday Night Football, Patriots, Bills. So right now, I actually like the Pats plus the three and a half in this game. I think it's going to be just a close game. It's going to be cold. Doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of wind. I've been all about unders this season, too. They've been working out for me. The total set at 44. I I just, I can't take the under. I can't take the under on that. Right, I, I think the total might be a stay away for me. Give me the health update on all the Bills defensive guys. So Rousseau is back. Epinesa is back. Uh, Vaughn Miller's obviously out now on the IR for four weeks. They're not going to pull a fast one Matt, with Matt Milano. Matt Milano is, should be playing. Um, Tremaine okay. Edmonds is playing. And hopefully Tredavious White can play more than 15 snaps for the Bills because he's obviously working his way back from a knee injury. You know what? This is kind of wishful thinking, but I'll tell you the one I like tonight. What's up? 
I think Mac Jones is going to throw for a lot of yards. I don't know why. I mean, maybe the Patriots try and slow down the game. But the last two weeks, he's really been yeah, kind no, of efficient. And you're, the Bills do that thing where they let you move between yep, the 20s. Do. So uh, 231.5 passing yards. I'm going to take the over on Mac Jones. Why don't you one. same game parlay that with one of the Patriots receivers? Because if Ooh, he's going to have a big night, you got a Nelson Aguilar, 21 and a half, mm. Kendrick Bourne, 11 and a half. You have a little Hunter Henry, 26 and a half. See, no, 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 no. Ramondre That's, Stevenson it's be all the for Ramondre. receiving yards, 37 and a half. It's not That's that much. The one. There you That's go. the one. It's okay. going to be all those little. The Bills are going to give him yards, and he's going to dump it off to Ramondre Stevenson. He's going to get into the back defensive backfield and go. I bet Stevenson has somewhere around 65, something like that yards. He's going to have a, he's going to have a nice game. What do you expect from Josh Allen? His passing yards is at 265.5. Yeah, the passing yards, he usually hits the overs on those, so you're probably in a pretty good spot there. But I like the Josh Allen over rushing yards at 44 and a half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a big game, a must-win game. I love it. Every time I was like, oh, yeah, it's like really 50-50. Whether it works out, I've been tracking your oh, yeahs. But I also like a James Cook 15 and a half rushing yards. I mean, he could rip that in two carries. Wow, I know. That's low. But Singletary has been getting all the carries. So Why? James Cook, why are you not playing that guy? I know he had fumbles early in the season, but come on. No, I agree. I mean, I like him. If you can hold on to the ball, I like him. Um, Should we take over the coaching staff of this Bills team? <laughs> yeah, what does Ken Dorsey know? What has he ever done? Oh, sorry, win a national championship. He's also flipped out in the uh, coaches' booth, too. Yeah, we'd be a little more composed, maybe. Um, so I you... think that people liked him because of that. Maggie was the only one who was killing him for that. <laughs> I wasn't killing him. It was just like, come on, act like you've been there before. No, that's what you want. You want him to get 15 yards for James Cook. And to not, <laughs> 16, actually. And to tear up. And if they lose to the Patriots, I think you're going to want him to tear up that coach. No, I will, because I'll be tearing my hair out. Yeah, exactly. The other part, though, is I feel like the struggle here, like nothing has been easy for the Bills this early in the season. Things were looking easy. Ever since Allen got hurt, things have not looked easy. I think the Bills have more adversity to overcome here. I hope it lands them finally in the Super Bowl, but I feel like this season is not done handing them slaps in the face, and I feel like tonight could be one of those nights where the Patriots win and then more people jump off the Bills bandwagon and more people talk about Josh <laughs> Allen being disappointing. I think there's more adversity. Like The hill to climb here is going to be it's going to be steep. The adversity, eternal optimist. <laughs> yeah, I know. Adversity like You're adversity welcome. that they'll learn from and overcome and be a better team. I'm because? hoping, yeah. Oh, man. Why don't you just hope they win? How about that? Well, be, be a normal fan for once, man. I, I hoped they win over the Lions, and it came true. How about that? Barely. <laughs> no, um, this, this portion of the show is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app and use the code MMP for Maggie and Perloff to get in on the action. I, I don't think this is a great game, by the way, and I'll tell you why. The Patriots. What about them? There's no game that this version of the New England Patriots is going to be in, and it's going to be one of the top four games of the weekend. They're just not mm. an aesthetically pleasing football program. <laughs> I think that you just expect something ugly and weird to happen. Look at their last two games. There was the 10-3. No, they basically missed a bunch of field goals in the win against yeah. your Jets. Uh, that was ugly. That was just, that's probably the ugliest game. That of the was year. a very ugly game. And then last week, I the Minnesota game, they that wasn't ugly, ugly though. But they uglied it well, up. Well, the penalties by, were stupid. Yeah, they had all these stupid penalties in an unbalachekian way. I just don't really know. They feel like they're in limbo. There's, if you look at this whole week, 
this is a really normally this would be a great Thursday night matchup, but I feel like it is a little bit like a, an appetizer for much better games this weekend. Is that fair? I mean, take your Bills hat off yeah, for a second. No, totally fair. Absolutely. Although the Bills have find found their way into some very dramatic games this yeah, year. You're so right. you're don't count them right. out of making this extremely <laughs> interesting. Uh okay, so one of those games that's gonna be very good this weekend, and we'll obviously get a lot more into it tomorrow, but that is Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, taking on Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals. Here was Mahomes talking on the Kelsey Brothers podcast, but that is not the name. The name is In the Heights podcast with Jason and Travis Kelsey. And he was talking about, first let's get uh, about dra- getting drafted by the Chiefs. Here's the real story. I got a feeling that I was kind of going up in the draft. I had a couple of teams that said they were going to draft me, and I talked to them during the draft process, and they were like, hey, if you're there, we're going to we're gonna take you. I kind of gave a little inside info to the, the Chiefs, and I was like, hey. At the time, I didn't know about the Saints, but I was like, if y'all let me go 12 or below, I'm going to get drafted by someone else. You drafted yourself? So I gave the Chiefs <laughs> a, little bit of in, a, little bit of, a little bit of info on that because I wanted to be here. Let's go! How about that? First of all, do we believe it? Yeah, I think so. You didn't believe it? <laughs> no, I was just wondering. Like, that's a nice story to tell. Now that you've won a Super Bowl and been an MVP in Kansas City, like to say, hey, I gave them the inside info. You better take me or else so-and-so is going to take me. Yeah, I mean, I think draft, a lot of that stuff happens. Do you ever talk to an agent before the draft? <sighs> and then they tell you, oh, yeah, our guy is going to go, you know, number four. Uh, you know, No, every team, I think they professionally lie to these guys. The, you and know? Then the, yeah. The agents that lied. So remember Geno Smith? I a lot of yeah, people had well, him. That going, was a sad one, actually. Yeah, a lot of people had him going top ten in mocks, and I think his team was like, "Yeah, Geno Smith's going to go really high here." He his showed team, up to the draft. Yeah, teams have been telling him that. Then he fell to the second round. Little did they know, nine years later, he would pan <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> Man, are they eating their words? But what annoys me though is when a team brags about or tries to claim, "Oh, we were going to take that guy." We just missed taking him. Well, that's always what happened with Mahomes. Remember, it was yeah. the, all of a sudden the Ben McAdoo's and all these people coming out like, no, I really wanted him. It's like, well, of course, everyone wanted him after the fact. Well, really, the worst was Russell Wilson. There's about 11 teams who said, yeah, we were about to draft Russell Wilson. <laughs> and only one team did. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now Mahomes tells a story about he's with the Chiefs and how Matt Nagy helped him get a head start. Matt Nagy, who was the offensive coordinator then, he really liked me, so he gave me the plays they were going to go over the night before. So Coach Reed's finding out here live on New Heights Podcast. Oh, my gosh. Matt (laughs) Nagy, how could you? Let's go. Yeah, so, of course, I crushed the meeting. I stayed up all night studying those plays. (laughs) I mean – Brilliant for Nagy, right? Like everyone should be doing this. You got to sneak the playbook to your quarterback so he looks like the most prepared, smartest guy in the room. Like automatically, now he looks like a leader. Are we plotting cheating? He's a cheater. Patrick Mahomes is a cheater. Spygate, <laughs> Deflategate, and pre-interview tape gate. Yeah, uh, I don't think they're going to be burning the tapes on this one. I, I think it's great. It's actually pretty inspired. Yeah, it's the greatest thing Matt Nagy's ever done in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> he was a coach no, of the year. No, yeah, I know. You know, no, nobody hates a former coach like Bears fans hate Matt Nagy. Yeah, I, I love it. But I just asked Jets about Rich Cotet. I think you'll get a similar answer. Yeah, there's a few people they all hate. Uh, I mean, listen, the thing with Mahomes, such a weird thing. Because he, didn't he throw for 800 yards in a game in Texas Tech? Like, we all kind of knew he was Baker, talented. Think, right? What's uh, that? I think that was against Baker. Could have been, was yeah. Was it? I mean... 
he, that was the thing about Mahomes, though, coming like, out. We knew he had a lot of talent. I guess people thought he was undisciplined because Texas Tech was an air raid where he didn't have to really run an NFL offense. Yeah, was it like not disciplined or that like, oh, that worked in college, it will never work in the NFL? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was one of those Big 12 kind of spread offenses against bad defenses. So, right, and we had that for years. Graham Harrell threw for 400 yards a game when he was at Texas Tech, yeah. and he couldn't play in the NFL. So that that's a really, really funny one. I mean, that draft is an incredible one, right? Trubisky went two, and yep. did, did, and then Mahomes went ten, and Deshaun Watson went twelve. Yep. That I think there's a thirty for thirty in here that Patrick Mahomes has given us the uh, clues. The, to. <laughs> now he wants the. I'm trying to think what else that was. You know, I'm wondering, Samter, do you ever think that maybe the Jets were one of the teams he was talking about? Oh, Jamal se- Adams was I've, the pick at six. I remember that was applauded at the time. Do you remember? God, I've always thought I, I have this fantasy where I can go back. And take over the GM job of the Jets and take Patrick Mahomes at that spot. <laughs> you know, he'd, he'd end up being a bust because, because they, the Jets are just like. What that. was that GM they had? He went to Dartmouth, where I went, and uh, Mike McCagnan. Yeah, I think it was McCagnan, and I thought, you know what, I could have done a better job than McCagnan. They had such a great opportunity with that pick. It's such a it's such a, a name of a fired GM. Yeah, it's like, remember Mike McCagnan? It's like, oh yeah, that guy's an, a non-memorable gem- yeah, general. Yeah, then uh, I think. It was that the the Bengals took John Ross in number nine. They did the speedy receiver out of Washington. Oh, was that <laughs> a bust? And I think Andy Dalton basically told me he's like, oh boy, he knew immediately that that was not going to work. Is that right? And then Mike Williams at seven. Oh my God, I hate looking back to those drafts because I regret so bad the picks that were not made. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. One other funny, funny, funny thing from yesterday. These I thought it was funny. You were tweeting about this last night. So Prince uh, Prince William. And Princess Kate. Kate Middleton, yeah. Kate Middleton. They were at the Celtics game last night. So they're in Boston for some environmental conference or something. But um, they were courtside. And it was, like, big on the broadcast. Like, they were showing them nonstop. They asked some of them. They asked Jalen Brown and Joe Mazzula about playing in front of William and Kate. You can just play them back-to-backs, too. I know you guys have played in front of a lot of celebrities, but what was it like to compete in front of royalty tonight? The Prince and Princess of Wales were in the building. Um, it was just a regular game to me. Did you get a chance to meet with the royal family? And if not, how was it like having them there in the building? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? <laughs> the Prince and Princess of Wales. Oh, no, I did not. I'm only familiar with one royal family. I don't know too much about that one. <laughs> you know, I kind of feel bad for the reporter. She's clearly on assignment from probably like the style section or something. She's not, or maybe she's there for sports. I don't know. I don't want to be presumptuous. And like, they're just giving her nothing. Like these guys just could not care less that it's William and Kate in the front row. I'm surprised that William and Kate are sitting front row and not in some suite, you know, surrounded by, you know, guards and whatnot eh. for them. There's a lot going on right now. I know you guys. So, you know, uh, there's a Netflix thing coming up about Meghan and Harry that's supposed to be like the bombs. So oh, uh, yeah, but they produced yeah. it and they did the whole thing. Yeah, I, I, but oh, they produced very, it? Yeah. Boo. But it's yeah. supposed to be about all the racist claims against Meghan Markle. Oh, so, right. and well, it's, maybe we're back some in. of the stuff they've been releasing is crazy. So I think Prince William is trying to get his narrative out there. By going to the Celtics game? <laughs> yeah, like why would he, Mike asked why would he be front row and center? Oh, uh, like, uh, to yeah. seem like a man of they, the they people been, when you're front row? <laughs> no, they <laughs> they been been deck. That's for the every man. <laughs> if he sat up for deck, that'd be a different story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a publicity tour, yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah. I just think it's, I don't, I, I'm not surprised that people don't care. I, I don't think I oh, would care I, either. Am I supposed to care about them? Well, I mean... They're gigantic. I mean, I know, but huge. we're not British, so it doesn't mean anything to me. I guess it's like interesting because they're what? It's gossipy 
about I mean the stuff about Meghan Markle's talking about is way more serious. I'm just talking about the royal family as like political as as figureheads. To me, that doesn't do much. Who's the royal family's connection in the NBA or, you know, with the Boston Celtics? It's like, hey, you know, hey, this is... They're this big is, Havlicek fans. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is yeah. Prince Williams, you know. Yeah. Uh, can we go to a Celtics game um, in Boston somewhere? I think, it, I don't know. I mean, I think they have a much, much bigger impact than that. In the United States, though. Yeah, I, I think they have, they're pretty big in the United States. I mean, I think like the Meghan Markle, Harry thing got yeah, like Yeah, but a, that got I, very scandalous. Like a, yeah. a, a regular William and Kate at a basketball game. Ooh, How I, much pomp and circumstance does that really deserve? I think William's big. I mean, is he? guy's going to be king of England. Yeah, I think, I think the, those guys are a big deal. They flashed to him Probably 65 uh, <laughs> during a Heat Celtics game that, by the way, no, it was so boring. I know. Uh, <laughs> the NBA season is way too long. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like we'll, we'll see. I, I think these these documentaries and these things do gigantic ratings in America. People are fascinated. It's kind of like a People magazine thing. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I mean, I have two episodes into The Crown, so who am I to say? But that's like Princess Diana. I get that. She was like such a big figure. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, but they, Harry and Meghan Markle have some of that thing going on yeah maybe there's certainly a lot of social issues that come up every time they're talked about no doubt that's yeah. like the more serious side of it the funny side is william and kate front row at a celtics game and the players could care less yeah uh i don't know uh, I, they didn't seem like it well yeah those guys don't care what yeah <laughs> yeah kate and william never heard of them if oh, i'm not gonna <laughs> give you the number because we gotta go Thank you to Mike Sampter. Thank you to Stu Kovacs. Thank you to Marlo Donahue. Thank you to Allison Cohen. To everyone who decorated this set today, what a beautiful job. It's going to be up all through December. We'll see you tomorrow to preview an awesome week in college football in the NFL.